welcome ladies and gentlemen to the Film Club Podcast, where every week me and Miss Boo take turns picking some films from the past, some of our favorites, some are fun, some are bad, but uh, I'm sorry, I'm so discombobulated after this movie we watched. Are you? Are you really? I don't know how I feel about this movie. Yeah, you think Jason X deserves an Oscar. Not an Oscar, but definitely more praise than it does. That movie's hilarious. But yeah, so Boo, what movie are we watching this week? Today we're going to be talking about Halloween Kills, the movie that was just released a few weeks ago, and our first new release for the podcast. Yeah, this is the first movie we've ever talked about that is still in theaters when we're recording. Yes, so major spoilers ahead, so if you haven't seen it, go watch it and listen to this right afterwards. Or if you want spoilers, listen to it right now. Be a rebel. Yeah, I mean, we are going to go into whether or not you should see this movie, shouldn't see this movie, what's going on in it. Mm -hmm. So we're going to try and help you decide if you're going to want to watch it. And then you're going to want to talk about it afterwards. Exactly. But yeah, Boo, so feelings about the film before we get into the spoiler territory that is going over the plot. So we watched it the night before it premiered. and Yeah, the Thursday preview. Yeah, the Thursday preview. And we kind of left the theater kind of feeling like, what just happened? I want to say we left feeling a little disappointed. Is that the right word? A tiny bit for me. Yeah. I didn't feel like tremendously disappointed. Just it wasn't what I anticipated it to be. Yeah. I I envisioned the storyline being something kind of different than when we got. Yeah, I I think going into it i was assuming we were gonna get the same type of film as halloween 2018 Mm -hmm. and we kind of did but you can tell there's a lot of things they were doing differently yeah and i I have some theories as to why but i don't know it feels like halloween kills is one of those movies that is going to either you're either gonna love it or hate it i don't think there's any in between Mm -hmm. which is weird because i would probably give it like a very average score (laughs) Yeah. But we'll get to that at the end. So, where should we start? Well, I guess the best place to start anywhere is, you know, what the movie's about. True. So, I have here a couple of plot points that we can go over that'll generally give everybody every kind of spoiler for this movie. Yes. So, So, you've been warned. You've been warned. On October 31st, 2018, after being stabbed and left to die, Deputy Hawkins is found by Cameron Ellum. Or Elam. Elam. That is such a bad name. Whatever. <laughs> we'll get to it. Uh, Hawkins awakens and we flash back to 40 years later during the search for Michael Myers. 40 years earlier. We go back in time to 78. We do. We get to see what actually happened after Halloween 1978, John Carpenter's original film. And in it we see that Hawkins accidentally kills his partner trying to save him from Michael Myers in the Myers house. Before... Preventing Michael's original psychiatrist, Dr. Sam Loomis, from killing his patient outside, resolving to kill him in the present. A little bit of a convoluted opening, because we get the guy who was supposed to be dead in the first one come back and give us all this exposition. Yeah, because this flashback was actually supposed to happen in 2018. Really? Yeah, they filmed it for 2018, and they just really didn't think it fit the movie. So they, there, Yeah, 2018 was a lot tighter than this, and there wasn't really any place it could have fit in gracefully. Yeah, so it made sense that they didn't put it in 2018, and I think that's why people love 2018 so much, because it just it's able to stand on its own. Yeah. We we get, you know, the, the flat not flashbacks, well, but we get... 2018 doesn't stand on its own. It definitely really, really is hoping you have seen Halloween, or at least familiar with the series. But not not as much as this film. This but, film really needs it. But even if people haven't seen 78, they can go in and, you know, they get told, okay, Lori's been attacked in the past by this man. Uh, she's been waiting for him to break out of prison to, you know, go after her. Or, sorry, out of the sanitarium to go after her. So it's like, you really don't have to see 78. It's a survivor story. Yeah. And a trauma story of, if this person gets out again, I have to kill him before he kills me. Yeah, that that's true, that's true. And Halloween 2018 does stand a little bit better on its own. Yeah. With this opening, they really are really banking on you being a big Halloween fan. Which I am. Which you are. I love the flashback. One thing I didn't like about it was the length of it. It was so long. I don't know if there's like a rule in um, like filmmaking for like how long flashbacks should be. Because that felt like, what, maybe a good... 
10, 15 minutes of the opening of our movie? No, it was more than that. It had to have been more than that. Probably closer to 20. But I... I digress. I'm really bad at judging the length of sequences in movies, so it might have only been like 10 or 15 minutes. But looking at it, uh, most screenwriting, I guess, people I've ever talked to has said either you do not include flashbacks at all, or if you do include them, short and simple, and they mm -hmm. have to kind and they have they have to be really warranted. This I feel is only warranted to explain does Halloween two exist. Because up to this point, I think you and me even were on the assumption that only parts of Halloween 2 happened, but we didn't know where it stopped. Yeah, I mean, I think the only thing from Halloween 2, apart from Haddonfield Memorial Hospital, is when they show Annie on the gurney with Bracket. So I think it's like we're kind of getting a little bit more of Halloween 2, but this is also their way of kind of erasing everything that happened in Halloween 2. Yeah, yeah. it also establishes that pretty much all the halloween sequels never happened yeah it's a good it's a good opening it's a good well it's a good little sequence it definitely feels more in line with the classic slasher stuff do you think this flashback is unnecessary do you think it's more fan servicey than anything else i think so i i don't think the film needed it because i think the film would have been strong enough like 2018 where we're just continuing what happened that same night yeah we get a little bit of like hey, this is 2018 says, okay, 78 happened and everything else is like, man, don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. All you need to know is like Halloween happened. Yeah. And then we're this one. It's like, okay, guys, we're going to spend 20 minutes filling in everybody's plot conspiracies. And then we're going to get to the actual movie. Which, you know, don't get me wrong. I did like the flashback. Because, it was well done. I mean, I love that they incorporated film grain to make it look like 78. I love that they rebuilt the house. I mean, you go into the house, they have the dead dog, they have the broken window upstairs. So it's like, I love that they paid so much attention to the details. I mean, even Michael's mask, he has the hole in the side from where she puts the, the, needle in. the crochet needle through the mask. So I thought, wow, they really put a lot of thought and effort into recreating this. And mm -hmm. I definitely think that was for the fans. So I'm appreciative for that. I mean, I even love that they did the big crane, uh, the crane shot. Oh, yeah. Where they take off up in the air, just like they do in 78, when we see Michael as a child for the first time. Mm. So, yeah, you know, I'm kind of on the fence of the movie didn't need it, but I appreciate it at the same time. Yeah, I, it's one of those things where it's really well made. I just don't think it really served too much of a purpose. Most, uh, mostly just because Deputy Hawkins, after this, is a non-character. He doesn't do I, anything. I kind of wanted to talk about uh, Deputy Hawkins. Okay, do you want to talk about him now or wait till we get a little bit deeper in? Well, wherever you have him in our lineup, we'll talk about him then. Okay, sure, sure. So, we'll get to the next point, because that was just the opening. Yeah. Next point that happens is, back at Lori's compound, a group of firefighters are responding to Lori's burning house and unwittingly free Michael. Lori, her daughter Karen, and her granddaughter Allison arrive at Haddonfield Memorial Hospital, where Lori undergoes emergency surgery. Michael begins to murder Lori's neighbors, and after that, he begins to make his way deeper into Haddonfield. This is also where Deputy Hawkins come in, and Lori and Hawkins begin to share a um, a hospital room. They share a hospital room, and we kind of get a, a, a visual of their past encounters, how they could have, you know, possibly gone there, but they didn't. So we're just kind of seeing, okay, I mean, for me, I thought, is this going to be like the grand reveal that this is Karen's dad? Who is Karen's dad? I have no idea. Honestly, it Ben Tramer. Oh, it probably is Ben Tramer. Where is Ben Tramer? Are we going to get that in Halloween Ends? Is that going to be the ultimate ben, Easter egg? I, I don't know why. I just think that's really funny. Ben Tramer is this character who's really important to Lori, but we've never seen him ever. I, I think that's the ending that all Halloween fans would want. Ben Tramer finally shows up. Ben Tramer finally shows up. <laughs> and saves the day. Exactly. But, yeah, so... This this whole section of the movie, I guess this is when the movie actually starts. Because we pick up right where Halloween 2018 yeah. left off. And I think this is where I, I first noticed that this was going to be way different than 2018. Because the firefighter sequence, that's something from Friday the 13th. That is not a Halloween 
murder sequence. Yeah, that was the vibe that I was getting. And I had said in 2018, this is going to be Michael on PCP. And yeah, we got it. I mean, there was a chainsaw kill. There was... You've got axes, yes. You've got, you know, that, that rod that they use. But one thing I loved from that scene was the POV from the broken goggles. Yeah, it's a it's a well-done sequence. And you can tell they, from that opening sequence, that probably cost more than the whole rest of the other movie did. Yeah. And I think that might be something that was a detriment to the film more than something that helped the film. Because I think with the last film, the budget was, like, significantly lower. And it incentivized the filmmakers to, we're not going to show all the gore and the violence and we're going to leave it up to the audience's imagination, which is inherently scarier than just, let's just show these firefighters getting disemboweled. But neither here nor there. Yeah, and we love firefighters. We thank them for what they do. But in this movie, I thought it was a cool sequence. It's a cool sequence. I just, it doesn't feel Halloween to me. No, mostly it because still Halloween. mostly because it's like 78 2018 those ones were very much you know more th- thrillery they didn't show their hand all the time yeah but this opens with hey guys we're gonna make it michael myers disemboweling like 15 firefighters in front of a flaming house and it's gonna be really cool and they were actual real firefighters too oh no shit yeah so they actually brought in legit firefighters so they knew what they were doing Mm -hmm. which is pretty badass. But I saw that you mentioned Sandra and Phil, Lori's neighbors. Yeah, yeah. Those are the neighbors that Michael kills, like, right after he kills the firefighters. The drone couple. Yeah. Uh... I mean, she had some pretty wicked drone moves. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Okay, this is one of those things where I liked the sequence up until the gore started going on. And, like, I'm... Like, I'm okay with gore. I don't really care. Like, Dead Alive, we talked about last week, is the goriest movie ever, and it's great. But it was really scary when Phil's looking around. He's like, hey, I think there's... I heard something. Goes, turns the light on, and Michael's in there, and he smashes the light out. That's terrifying. It's super terrifying. He slams the door, runs away, and Sandra's there. She's like, what the fuck? And he's like, call the fucking cops. There's somebody here. Oh, my Mm. God. And then Michael smashes through the wall, grabs him, and I'm like, if it just cut right there back to the hospital... And then when we cut back, they're just dead. Yeah. That would have been way scarier instead of seeing Michael smash up Phil for five minutes, go murderize Sandra with a broken light bulb thing. I don't know. It's like, I feel like the kills now are just a lot more gratuitous. It wasn't, like, scary. After a while, I'm like, why the fuck are we still in this scene? Yeah. And it's Is it just to show Michael is a brutal serial killer? Well, yeah. I got about 40 years of, of hard evidence that everyone already knows this. But it finally felt like Michael's scary again. It's not I like the remakes where he's kind of like, oh, okay, cool, Michael's back and who cares who he kills. Now it's kind of like, oh shit, he's back and he's actually scary again. I, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I guess to each their own on that one. It's just... I think that's going to be what a main point of disagreement between the two of us is how Michael is portrayed in this. Because, mm-hmm. I don't know, for me, it doesn't feel like a Michael movie. Or it doesn't it just, feel like a Halloween film. Yeah, that, that was kind of how I felt, too. It doesn't feel like our authentic Halloween movies, you know, 78 and 2018, where those feel like, oh, damn, that's Halloween. This kind of felt like, I don't know, like Halloween with a twist. I guess that's going to be what it comes down to. Does the twist work? Mm-hmm. But we'll get to that after we introduce everybody to the rest of the cast in this film. Yes. Because while that's going on, Tommy Doyle is at a local bar celebrating along with his fellow survivors of the original murders. Mm-hmm. Namely, Marion Chambers, Lindsay Wallace, and Cameron's father, Lonnie Elam? Elam? Elam. Elam. Hate that name. Before toasting Laurie Strode, which gets interrupted by an emergency newscast of the killing... While Lonnie heads off to pick up Cameron, Tommy forms a mob of vengeful Haddonfield citizens to hunt down and kill Michael before he can kill anyone else. Yeah. This subplot of the movie, I think, is the reason people are divided on it. Because, do you like Tommy? Like, in this film. No, I'm not a big Tommy fan in this movie. Tommy felt a lot like his character in Edward Scissorhands. 
Uh, Tommy is Anthony Michael Hall, who plays uh, Winona Ryder's boyfriend in Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. The one that he's constantly fighting with Edward. And after I heard that, I was like, yeah, it does feel like he's reprising that bully role, even though he's trying to protect Laurie and protect the town. It just felt like he went way over the top so fast when it should be, hey, he's on the loose in Haddonfield. Maybe we should just evacuate out of the city. Yeah, well, not even that. It's just... He goes from zero to, I'm going to grab this baseball bat in the bar, and I'm going to go and try and beat a man to death. Yeah. He goes from zero to 100 right away. And I understand it's it's meant to be like a social commentary on yeah. mob mentality and how, like, vigilante justice and that in America. But I it's mean, like, Lori even calls them sheep. And it was just like, once she, she said that, I was like, thank you. That's exactly. You're, you're like, at least one person in this movie is self-aware. Yeah. And it's like, I know that's what they were trying to get all of us to feel, trying to get us agitated with stop you know you're not doing the right thing you don't even know who you're going after Mm -hmm. which granted if you know this has been a big stigma a big story in your town wouldn't you know the costume and the setup of michael myers wouldn't you know what michael looked like yeah i'm surprised that tommy still has no idea what michael looks like i understand that you know oh in the movies it's like he's always worn the mask his face is always obscured but i'm like they show his face in the emergency broadcast yeah they show him and they show the other inmate that has also been missing from the bus crash and it's like you so you have the two men in the the picture and it's like well aren't you gonna figure hmm maybe the tall slender one is michael not the the short guy that they think is michael well in the newscast it's under the guy it's under michael's picture michael myers yeah and it look that's besides the point but i really do think that is that is a big issue with this film is how Tommy Doyle is portrayed. And, and, the, and Lonnie really wasn't part of the story in 78. That's another thing. Like, they bring back Lonnie, who has one interaction with Tommy as a as a school bully. Mm-hmm. And then he gets yelled at by Donald Pleasance to tell him to, you know, get his ass away from the house. And that well, is his entire role. Well, no, he also has an interaction with Michael Myers. After which he is trips only him. in this in this version. No, no, no. In 78, after he trips Tommy with the pumpkin and he goes running down the stairs at school, he runs right into Michael and Michael catches him by the arms. That's, yeah, but that's not what they use in this film. I know, and that's why it's like, why didn't you recreate that? Because the the elementary school is still sitting over there in Pasadena. So it's like, you could have reshot that. And also, in that note, Lonnie knows exactly what Michael looks like without a mask exactly. on. Exactly. So, it, But yeah, so... This group of characters and this, like, B-plot that kind of takes over the movie, I think this is where it kind of starts to get a little cringy and falls apart a little bit. Because I think the execution of Tommy's mob rule Mm -hmm. isn't handled as well as it could be. And also, Tommy just feels so unlikable. Yeah. Which, I get no offense to Anthony Michael Hall. I've seen him in many films. He's a great actor. Very good. I, it might just be like the script isn't here for it, but that's a whole other thing. We'll get into that they, later. Or that's how they wanted us to feel, because in 78, he's a 10-year-old boy, and you're like, you know, oh my god, he's being bullied at school, and now he's possibly facing the boogeyman. You know, I don't want anything to happen to him, and now he's kind of just, okay, I've been dealing with this trauma from the past, now I'm going to be an asshole about it and kill him in the middle of the street with a baseball bat. And it's just like, why don't you help people not get killed? It's one of those things where, look, we're spending a lot of time on this one because we're, this is where we get introduced to the characters. Yeah. And their introduction is kind of interesting, but Tommy's, like, spoken word at the really, like, hey, guys, let's, you know, have fun at the fucking talent show for Halloween at this bar. Yeah. It's like, bruh, I can tell this is this isn't how a normal person would react. This mm-hmm. is This is a script yeah. to set up something, but... That's besides the point. Let, let's let move on. Because okay. as it goes, the police inform Karen and Allison at the hospital that Michael escaped and is still alive. Karen decides to withhold the information from Lori to allow her to recover. While Allison reconciles with Cameron and joins him alongside his father to hunt down Michael. While this is happening, Lindsay, Marion, Vanessa, and her husband, Marcus... Uh, Vanessa and Marcus are the two, are the couple they picked up at the bar, right? Yeah, the ones that are in the nurse outfit and the doctor's outfit, but they're not. Re- but they're really, she's a doctor and he's a nurse. Which, whatever. Yeah. And they, um, all four of them are ambushed by Michael. 
while warning some kids to stay out of the park and, you know, go home. Um, all of them are killed, except for Lindsay, who manages to escape and hide from Michael. And then Allison, Cameron, and Tommy and Lonnie arrive at the scene later to discover the bodies and all the other dead people on the playground. So, and they find Lindsay and get her to the hospital. So my gripe is maybe it's in the deleted scenes when we get the DVD, but we have Lindsay that goes and hides from Michael, you know, beneath the rocks and where the bridge is at. And then we see her in the next scene. She's being carried into the hospital by Tommy beaten up. And it's like, why did they cut that? Is that going to be maybe shown in the next movie? What do you No, they, they come and find her. No, they find her. But they don't show what happens to her. Be- oh, oh, what she- happens when they take her to the hospital? Yeah, because we see her when she goes hiding and she's completely normal. Yeah, and she's then- traumatized. She's not hurt. She, Well, no, she's not hurt. She's just hiding. And then once Allison and Cameron find her, she's wet. She's got blood on her mouth. She's got makeup smeared. So it's like, okay, so he found you, but we don't see your attack. So that's why I was just like, or did they cut that from the movie? Are they saving that for the next movie? There was probably a much longer chase sequence yeah. involved because I know that uh, I forget the actress's name that plays Kyle Lindsay. Richards. Yeah, I know Richards. She um, broke her nose filming something. Yeah, she broke her nose during that scene, and she didn't know about it until after she finished shooting the movie. Yeah, but so, I was watching, and I'm like, I don't think Michael ever got close to her well he throws her into the car against the car a couple of times and then he finally throws her to the floor once she's trying to lift the mask off his face so i'm thinking maybe Maybe then maybe when he threw her to the floor her face just connected with the ground but then it's like okay well what happened did he try to you know drown her in the water did so that's one of those things where i feel because this isn't this is the sequence where we get michael actually like Oh, he's killing people, yeah. and it's you know weird and creepy, and there's yeah. a lot of homaging going on. Yeah, but it does feel like there's something missing from it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do like the the reveal when they get there, and it's like, oh, all the bodies are tied up around this like merry-go-round thing, and they're all wearing masks from Halloween Three. Yeah, I my, think that's cool. Yeah, my favorite was Vanessa, and what was her husband's name? Marcus. Vanessa and Marcus on. Um... The thing on the playground that spins around. Yeah. They have them back to back with the masks on. And then he just like strew candy around them. And I was just like, I was like, I love Michael's theatrics. It's never just, oh, I killed them and I left them. It's like, no, I got to stage their body in a certain way to just make it more shocking when people find them. Which is so weird. But that, again, that's a whole other thing we're going to get into much later. But looking at this sequence and this whole like section of the movie you set up that the survivors of 78 are here and they're coming back and they're going to fight michael yeah. and then you kill uh the only two actors from actually 78 to just get him out of the movie and you kill him like right away well he kills marion kills marion and then guess he doesn't kill Lindsay, but yeah. Gets her out of the movie immediately. Yeah, Lindsay's out for the rest of the movie. Spoiler, yeah. but it was just you know it's like <laughs> we're going beat by beat here. This is pretty we spoilery. are. So it, you know, Marion, you know, when she goes, to, yeah, has the gun in hand, and you know, this is for Doctor Loomis, and of course, there's no bullets in the gun. Yeah, and it's just like this is what the third time she's died in a Halloween movie. Second time? Uh, I don't know. Because I know she dies in H two O. She dies in H two O. I don't know if she dies in any other ones. So because like, I don't know if she's been in any other ones other than one H two O and this one. I think she's been in another one. She in Halloween two? No, that's getting into a whole other yeah. thing. We don't need to get into. Yeah. So it was sad to see Marion go after she was just introduced again. Yeah. But I did love that they redid the hand breaking the glass. Again, more homaging to the more original. Homaging. I mean, he even had uh, the wrench on his palm, like in 78, to mm-hmm. break the window. So it's like, okay, I like that they, they're really adding these Easter eggs for the fans. Mm-hmm. Of course, the, the silver shamrock. Yeah, which I is lo- Halloween 3 vibe, which is Yeah, cool. it's like, I love seeing the masks again. And then we have some of the kills in that scene that are just kind of, like, funny. Yeah, and I'm like, why are they... It, 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 this is going to get to a thing where it's like, why is Michael 
superhuman because he's a he's just supposed to be a normal dude that snaps right that's like the thing in 78 that's the thing in 78 yeah and in here it's like no he is an unkillable evil thing he's not a man anymore he's a monster i'm like what the fuck yeah i mean they're kind of going along with like the jason storyline where he starts off as a person and now he's kind of just this anger golem as i continually to call him evil entity where it's like yes it's a human body but this human body really can't be taken down by anything yeah it's uh, as it goes we'll move on while Tommy takes Lindsay to the hospital, Lonnie, Cameron, and Allison map out Michael's path of destruction and deduce that he is heading towards his childhood home. Tommy arrives at the hospital, inadvertently informing Lori of Michael's survival. And across town, Michael murders the current owners of his former home, Big John and Little John. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. As Lori prepares to leave the hospital to have her final confrontation with Michael, back at the hospital the uh, other patient that escaped with Michael Myers in the first film, Lance Tavoli. Tavoli, yeah. Yeah. Uh, who escaped from Smith Grove, arrives at the hospital. Tommy has his mob go crazy. They mistake Lance for Michael, pursue him to the hospital. Lance, afraid of the mob, jumps out of a window to his death. And Lori, who was injured during this chase, urges Karen to work with Tommy to hunt down Michael. This is the build-up and payoff to Tommy's mob mentality mm-hmm. stuff, right? The evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. Fuck that phrase to death. It's like, if they had just said it the one time, that would have been fine. But it the, is more, the more they repeated it, it was just like, oh my god, we get the point. Can you... Not. Some other rallying cry. Jesus Christ. I would have been okay with them just saying the name of the town. Haddonfield, Haddonfield, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, you know. But evil dies tonight. That repeated over and over is just annoying to me. Grates my ears. But yeah, um, so this is where we get a lot of like plot stuff getting dumped onto us. Yeah. The fact that we have Michael's objective is known as he's just trying to go home. Yeah. We see who lives there now. The, The two Johns. Yeah, the two Johns. What I will say about the two Johns. I love the interior of the house. That's I, during that scene, I was just sitting there, I'm like, wow. I'm like, I like that green color they picked for the wall. I'm like, wow, I oh love his office. Oh my god. Uh, it's, okay, sure. I sure. was focused on the movie, but I was also focused on set design. Set design is very important to a movie. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, man, I wonder what wallpaper they used. I should use that on my house. But besides the point. So... Yeah, and it's interesting, and then we get a lot of, like, suspense and build-up stuff where the Johns are hunting through the house. They're trying to find who broke in. Yeah. Turns out it's Michael, so they both get gotted. And I like that. Like, this is probably the best the best um, kill in the movie just because yeah. it actually uses tension, suspense, and I, I really dig this one. Because we don't see Little John's kill. We only see Big John's kill. Yeah. So I did like the game of Cat and Mouse. And right away where he's knocking on the back door and then runs to the front and knocks on the front door and he's got them moving around. And as soon as Little John walks away from the back door and you see that he didn't lock the door. Oh, you called that out immediately. You called that out in the theater. I did. I was like, oh, I'm like, you're fucked. I'm like, you did. I mean, granted, it's Michael Myers. He'll break through a window. He'll get in somehow. He'll Kool-Aid man through a door. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He'll be in there. But it's just like, I was just like, oh, you're fucked. You're going to die. You're in his house. And... Yeah, I mean, little uh, Big John's death is brutal. Yeah. It's like, stab through the fucking armpit. Yeah. And it's just like, even in the movie, I was just like, oh my god, that is just like such a meaty, sensitive spot. Oh, and it was just like, oh my god. And then he, you know, just crushes his head where his eyes pop out, which that's the first time Michael's ever done that in the franchise. And I'm over here like, yeah, Jason did that in, in part sing whatever whatever because dean's a jason man well it again it goes back to this this feels like a friday movie and not a halloween movie it felt like a lot of variations of different movies well yeah but the other part of this you know plot dump that's going on is that we get to see tommy's payoff the he rallies his mob the guy dies and i felt cold to it because i had no idea who this guy was he's just 
a crazy person. That was sad. We don't it know. It was sad. We don't know if the sanitarium's, like, for the criminally insane or well, if it's it just... It doesn't matter if he was, like, a criminal or not. You know what? Like, he died. But it's because... I... It feels like mostly this is a... He died because everyone in this movie's stupid. Or the mob is just stupid. For me, what I was getting when I saw that scene, apart from, you know, feeling so sympathetic because you can tell that he's afraid throughout the entire yeah. sequence that we see him. The actor is really good. And it's just sad to see that these people who have never seen Michael or encountered him are chasing him. And I was kind of piecing it together. It felt a lot like Bride of Frankenstein, where you have the villagers, you know, chasing the monster with the pitchfork. And it's like, he wasn't the monster. He wasn't hurting anybody. Yeah, it's it's a sad moment in the movie, but it feels like it was handled so poorly. Yeah, and then you get Brackett saying, you know, see, he's turning us into monsters. You have people, let's kill him, let's tear him apart, and then afterwards, like, oh my god, he died, you know. Poor thing, and it's like, you were ready to rip him to shreds. And Tommy's still like, look, I know I fucked up, but like, we gotta get Michael. And it's like, how many times did Brackett and Karen... And even Lori tell him that's not Michael. And he was just so... He got the mob riled up and sent him after him, but I'm like... And Michael... Also, why are they all at the hospital? Why are they... Why are none of them, like, out doing anything? Because I think Tommy's been there for a hot minute. It's not because, like he's um, the other in and out. Have, and the people in 2018 that were attacked and killed, those are supposed to be, like, their family members that have been getting the calls. Like Oscar's mom. Oscar's no, no, I, under, I understand that, but... Tommy is is at the hospital rallying these people. He's got them rallied. Yeah. They're ready to go. They're all riled up and ready to kill. But then they stay there for like however long, and then the guy shows up because there's like scenes in between him because rallying they, everybody up. They lock down the hospital. Remember after Tommy gets there, the sheriff's like, you know what? We need to lock down the hospital because Karen's yelling that Tommy's on his way here to the hospital to get his mom. So that's when they were like, let's lock down the hospital. So that he can't get in. But then you have a whole bunch of sitting ducks that are there if he does get in. Yeah, and then it's the other thing where it's like, oh, you know, they killed a guy and now the whole mob gets to leave again. Yeah. And it's, what, I this is the point where the movie fell apart for me. I'll put it like that. I think, I think the whole Tommy thing just doesn't, doesn't strike well. No, and then you have the sheriff's department that, He's so ineffectual, they're non-existent. They're not really doing anything. And you have the sheriff where he's in 2018, and they're warning him, Michael's out, he's gonna come, he, he's, you know, he's thirsty for blood, and he's like, well, we can't cancel Halloween. And it's just like, no, that's not the solution. You have a serial killer on the loose in your town that's infamous for killing multiple people. I think you're gonna want to protect your townspeople versus, hey, you know what, the kids can't trick-or-treat this year. Yeah. it's It's one of those things where... Anything that's at the hospital, like Tommy, the the sheriff, even like Lori and Hawkins with their dialogue, it feels so superfluous to the rest of the movie. I mean, I kind of liked Lori and Hawkins' uh, dialogue when it's just the two of them and they're talking about, you know, that one time at the bar when they kiss. Oh, yeah, when they're developing, it's like, oh, the good old days, all this other stuff. And it's like, oh, yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah, great actress. But then near the end of it, she just is like, it is time for me to monologue. About the evil that but, is I mean, Michael Myers. Wasn't it so cute when they were talking about how they were younger and what happens if they would have gone there versus just stopping at it a kiss? Like, it, why do I care? It's just, you know, kind of to add, like, a little bit of... Depth to the relationship? Depth, sure. a little bit of warmth, and then you get, you know, where he tells her, you know, you're so crazy, and she's like, fuck you. So it's kind of nice to see that they're kind of friends they but... have some romantic involvement yeah. yeah but it's like i don't care and don't that's care when all about that and that's when i don't we get know our... who hawkins is and that's when we get our ben, uh, ben tramer drop there and he's just like yeah okay <laughs> i do like... care about that he's like man he goes we could have but you were really into that ben tramer <laughs> she was just like she's yeah. like i said it one time is the whole town ever gonna let it down and just it's one no. of those things where I like that because, again, it's just a callback, and 90% of this movie is fucking callbacks. Yeah. But it's like, I don't care about Hawkins. I don't care at all about about Lori's relationship with the guy. I barely care about Lori, more or less, because she has no agent. She's not doing anything. She's yeah. trapped in the hospital. She wants to leave. 
and then she can't leave, so she's just back at the hospital. She's model. She's dialoguing. And this is the only movie with Laurie and Michael where they're actually not in an, a single scene together. Yeah. Which is bizarre to think about it. And it's like... And it's like, I get it. This is the point? It's like, I understand why she can't be out there. She's been stabbed in the stomach. She's been thrown off the second story of her house. She's a lot been of things. thrown into her front door. So it's like, we get it. I mean... She does pop her stitches by kneeing a doctor in the nuts, but it's like, that's badass. That's Lori. She's like, you know what? I'm going to do one thing in this movie. I'm going to take down a doctor. No, it's not badass. It's it dumb. Is. Why the why the fuck is she? I don't get it. I just, I'll put it like that. I don't fucking get it. Why the fuck is this hospital shit so important? I don't know. I mean, originally when we got, like, the trailer and we were hearing the synopsis of the story. Everyone assumed Laurie was like, all right, got the stitches in. She hits herself with a fucking adrenaline shot. Yeah. And then it's like, all right, I'm going to go kick some Michael ass. And then she's not in the movie for the most part. Yeah, and it's like, that was my assumption before we even got the movie. Was that it was going to be, like, a Halloween kills, all-out brawl in the streets. Yeah. It's like, okay, you know, maybe Lori wasn't stabbed that bad, where it's like she could be out there fighting too. I thought it was just going to be war zone through Haddonfield. And it's like, we kind of got that a little bit, but not too much. We, no, I would say we didn't. We got none of that shit. We got none of that shit until the last section of this movie. Yeah. But we'll, we'll try and get there because we, yeah. have, we have two more points. Let's get into it. Because back at the Myers house... Lonnie arms himself and heads in alone, and Allison and Cameron hear gunshots and rush inside to help him. They discover Big John, Little John, and Lonnie's dead bodies after being attacked by Michael, and in the ensuing fight, Allison breaks her leg, and Cameron is brutally beaten by Michael before having his neck snapped. As Michael prepares to kill Allison, Karen appears, stabs Michael in the back with a pitchfork, steals his mask, and taunts him to follow her. Karen lures Michael into the path of Tommy's mob, and then, Mike, as Michael recovers his mask, he begins to attack the mob, but the mob seemingly overwhelms him and kills him. So we think. So we think, but there's still, like, 20 minutes left in the movie. Yeah. So, yeah, we finally get the confrontation of Allison and Michael. We finally, it's like, oh, the main characters are now, like, actually interacting with yeah. Michael Myers. Yeah, because in 2018, the only time they really interact is when she sees him through the fence for the first time after killing Oscar, Mm -hmm. and in the house when they're trying to get him into the basement. So there's no really one-on-one interaction with them, and I think it's kind of interesting that we see, you know, granted, her boyfriend is being murdered in front of her eyes, but where she kind of just, you know, kicks it to 100 and she's yelling at him, you know, come after me, you know. And he still kills him. He still kills him, but it's... And also, it's like, why the fuck is Cameron in this movie? Because he survived the last movie. But then Michael brutally kills him for cheating on Allison. I guess. And then Lonnie dies right away. It's like, Lonnie and Cameron exist to get Allison to the Myers house. Yeah. Because they don't do anything else other than that. And you know they're doomed as soon as Lonnie gets out of the car and he tells his son, I'll see you at the finish line. It's like... Yeah, yeah, the finish line being, you know, the fucking pearly gates. Yeah, it's like, you know that's going to happen. I mean, even the way that they're found dead, they're staged the same way. Lonnie's, you know, coming out of the the crawl space of the attic and the son is... Being shoved through the banister poses of the stairwell. Yeah, so it's like, I love his staging of things. I mean, even when they go into the house to look for his dad, he has uh, Big John and Little John staged the same way in the picture that's right above where their bodies are. Yeah, which is which is a really creepy. Yeah. I liked that. And um, I really... Okay, I did like the house sequence when they're actually in the Myers house because, all right, it's a really small space. It's really dark. Like, we're getting a lot more ominous vibes. The brutal attack on Cameron is really brutal. Yeah. Uh, what happens with Allison is also, like, really, really messed up. Yeah. Karen arrives, does her thing. But then it's, once we get to Tommy's mob, and it's like, oh, that cathartic moment. Oh, we think the heroes are going to make it. But I'm over here, and I'm like, man, Michael's getting his ass beat. Also, how the fuck is Tommy's group 
of beer swelling rednecks more adept at mob uh, at a mob beatdown than some jacked firefighters with like actual axes and weaponry. I don't know. They were just ready to go. I mean, you even had Iron Lady in the crowd of uh, the mob. I don't know if you saw that. There was a woman standing out there with her iron in her hand. And it's like, what are you going to do? You know, press his jumpsuit? I, uh, I don't know. But let's let's finish off this plot so we can get into the, to the big thoughts here. Okay. So, the film, the ending sequence. Karen leaves to reunite with Allison. Michael's about to be shot in the head. But Michael recovers pulling a butcher knife out of his own back yep. and manages to slaughter the entire mob, including Tommy. First Chief Brackett, who, First? Was, ab- who was about to put, you know, a slug into his head for his daughter, what he wanted to do 40 years ago. And he just gets got. Right in the throat. Yeah. And it's just like, and Tommy's just kind of stunned. And like, oh my God, he got him. And it's just like, what did you expect? He's Michael Myers. Also, like, the rest of the mob is just completely ineffective in beating Michael, even though they were just shown to be completely effective beating Well, they Michael were, down. but, I mean, the people with guns, they were all out of rounds because they shot him. So it's just like, well, yeah, now you have to go on hand-on-hand combat. Are you equipped no, to do No, they didn't that? shoot him. They yeah, didn't they... shoot him in the beginning? No. Yeah, they did. God, I, uh, yeah, they did, did they? Yeah. Did they shoot him in the uh, chest? Yeah, they shot him in the chest. That's when he falls down. You, he gets shot in the chest a bunch of times. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he yeah, yeah. over, so... But they still had, he still had rounds on his gun. No, they, you hear them clicking it and it's just, it's empty. I, I'm looking at this and I'm like, this is, because uh, there's only one guy with a gun. I think there was one or two people, but there the rest have. There was one guy shooting But Michael. there's like uh, people with hockey sticks and baseball bats and it's just like, yeah. what are you going to do? But yeah, like the Michael, the ra- Michael rallies in the fourth quarter yeah. to bring it home. And he does. Yeah. And back at the Myers house, Allison receives medical attention. Karen sees the image of a young Michael looking out of the bedroom window. Yeah. Goes up to investigate. And then Michael appears out of nowhere and stabs her to death. And then, as Lori stares out of her hospital window, Michael stares out of his window at the Myers house. And you hear the breathing. And credits roll. Well, Karen's death. Did you know? I called that. I called that in our Halloween episode. Oh, no, episode. no. We knew that. Thank you. No, we knew that. But, um... Her death was actually an homage to Psycho. Really? Yeah, it was an homage to Marion's death with different camera angles. So okay. when, I, when I was watching it today, I was like, oh yeah, that is Marion in the shower where they were just, you have the stabs and then you have, you know, the different, okay, you're shooting her from this angle, from that angle, from that angle. And I'm like, that's cool. It's like, it felt a little famil- familiar the first time we watched it. And I was like, I just couldn't figure out why it felt familiar. My response to that is, I don't care. I know you don't care. No, no, no. It's not like I don't care because, like, that's that's a really interesting thing. And I love Hitchcockian homages. And I think it's a really good use. But it's a thing where I didn't see Karen basically at all in this movie except as a deterrent to Laurie or a character that is siding with Tommy and is bait. And then when she dies, I'm like, I don't really know how I feel about that. Because I didn't. How did you feel about Karen as a character? As a character, I mean, I really didn't feel like she brought... Was she a main character in this? No, she was a side character. I mean, if anything, uh, her daughter was more of a main character than she was. I wonder if it had been more effective if Allison died. If Allison died, do you think it would have been more effective since we followed her so much more in um, 2018? I mean, it would have packed definitely more of a gut punch because we knew that Karen was going to go. It's like, it gives Lori more reason to go after Michael. Mm. It gives um, Allison the same kind of fuel. You know, you took both of my parents in one night. You've gone after me, my grandmother, my boyfriend. It's just adding more fuel onto that fire. Yeah. And it's just, it's one of those things where the ending of this is Michael rallying. I'm like, okay, I get it. Michael is a superhuman, just God being. It's cool. Yeah. Fine. But. I don't know. It just feels so we wrote ourselves into a corner and we got to get a third movie. Well, um, what was its name? Uh, David Gordon Green, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He'd said in an article, I think yesterday or like this past week, that in the DVD, we're getting an alternate ending to this movie. Mm. So I'm wondering if that's the original ending and we're just getting something that they decided, 
like kind of like a Hail Mary last minute, like, hey, let's do it this way. Maybe. I mean... Because this movie and uh, Halloween Ends were supposed to be shot back to back. Yeah. And they decided, you know, hey, let, let's give it a break. And then the pandemic hit. So it hasn't even been shot yet. They're not going to shoot it until next January. Well, here's the crazy thing, because I'll get into a little bit of production history yeah. for this. Originally, this was supposed to be shot side by side with 2018. But they decided against it because they didn't think 2018 was going to be a, a blockbuster. Yeah. And then it outperformed. It was. it was crazy smash hit. And then Halloween Kills gets the green light and Halloween Ends gets the third, like gets another green light yeah. too. They wanted to, they want to make this a trilogy. Yeah. But the writers only had, they only planned this for two films. Yeah. You know, not, not three. So I wonder if this is like, is like the bridge between it's like, here's, you know, Halloween 2018 is the first movie and Halloween ends is supposed to be the actual mm-hmm. end of this. And then we had to write kills like really quick. It kind of it. felt like um, Our... the Force Awakens trilogy where yeah. where we have, you know, the really good kickoff with Force Awakens. Well, and then we, we had a, we had Force Awakens, which felt like a really homage flick. Right. And then the next one, Rise of Skywalker felt like just that bridge movie to get us to the last movie and that's what halloween kills kind of felt like to me where this is our bridge to get us to halloween ends yeah and it's just like you know i know we're trying to get to the the finish line the trilogy yeah Yeah, but it's just like i don't know i I was expecting a little bit more from this movie well here's the thing because no matter what we say this movie made a shit ton of money oh hell yeah yeah i mean uh, right now, I think it's the number one film in America, it and is. I think it crossed or is getting close to get crossing the $60 million mark. I mean, it made $50 million in its opening weekend. Yeah, and last I checked, I think it was at like 59 point something. So it's about to cross $60 million. And it's against a $20 million budget, mm-hmm. three times its budget within like two weeks of it opening. Yeah. But here's the thing. Critically, it's kind of like us. Where it's like, we, there's parts we like, and there's parts we really don't like. Because it's completely split the the fandom and I, the franchise. Oh yeah, if you go on social media, Instagram, or Facebook, it's very much that outside of this. Everyone's either, they really like it, or they disliked it. And I've seen it at least four times now. And the more that I'm watching it, the more I'm enjoying it. Well, I actually have um, some critics' responses to this. I actually have two. So okay. show kind of like the split here. Okay. One of the critics, I won't name him because I forgot to write down their names, Yeah, <laughs> says, uh, Green seems less interested in rewriting the Halloween playbook than in giving audiences what they came for, some ghastly scares to a ghoulish score. It's a strategy that promises to make the series as immortal as Michael Myers himself. You know, very, very positive, yeah. high praise, yeah. you know. The film does lean into things, you know, people traditionally like in the slasher mm-hmm. flicks and, you know, the Halloween stuff. But contrary to that, from another publication, another mm-hmm. critic, says Halloween Night may be Michael Myers' masterpiece, but Halloween Kills is no masterpiece. It's a mess. A slasher movie that's almost never scary, slathered with top... Topical? Topical pablum and with too many parallel plot strands that don't go anywhere. Very negative. Yeah. Not attacking... And it's attacking the story, yeah. and it's not really attacking the kill stuff. And it does feel like that. It feels like this is, it's trying to be a fan service Mm -hmm. slasher vehicle and also trying to tell like this compelling story. And it's really bogged down by the fact that the slasher stuff is just window dressing every 10 minutes. And Mm -hmm. then the compelling quote unquote compelling story is not all that compelling. It feels kind of underwritten. Yeah. And that's why it's like, I'd like to see what the original script was to see what route they went before they knew that they were going to do a third movie. You can probably, you'll probably be able to find it. A lot of scripts like this that went out to people, they end up online pretty quickly. We could probably find that script. Yeah. Cause I'd be interested to see how they would have finished things off in two films. Well, honestly, I'm thinking it probably would have been, <sighs> it's the same thing with 78. Halloween 2018 works best by itself. Yeah, and that's what John Carpenter wanted with 78. He wanted it just to be a single film, Mm -hmm. but because of 
the popularity that it gained so fast, the studios are like, you know what, this is a cash cow. We're just gonna make bank. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna keep doing it. And yeah, you know, I, I kind of feel like after seeing this movie, like, yeah, 2018 could have stand, this could have stood on its own. It feels like this is such an unnecessary step. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's the bridge to Halloween ends, so. And do you want to say what we know about Halloween ends? Which makes us have a lot of reservations about it. Yeah, you know, we were kind of under the assumption of it's going to be the same night. Yeah. But then again, night has to end at some point. So I'm like... Well, that's the thing. You know, Halloween ends and we figured that means, oh, this is the end of that night. You know, it's going to end with the dawn or whatever. Yeah, with dawn breaking. And no, we're actually going to jump four years into the future. So when it drops... it's going to deal with the pandemic and and like the social climate of America in the time. And it's like... And it's like... After living through After the pan- actually having to live through that shit, I don't want to think about it anymore. Yeah, it's like, I don't know how it's going to work. It's like, you know, this is a slasher movie. We all go to the theaters just to see. It's it's escapist, basically. Yeah, you know, the when I watch movies these movies, are, I, I yeah. watch them to escape. I don't want to think about problems that are going on in real life. But it's like, we'll see where they take it. Hopefully they listen to fans and they focus more on the slasher aspect versus what's going on in our lives at the moment. Well, the problem is it's the slasher aspects they're focusing on. Cause I, I think this is probably like the fifth fucking time I've said it. This didn't feel like a Halloween movie. It felt like a Friday movie. It well, felt I mean, like a Texas Night's Massacre movie. It felt, it didn't feel like We even Halloween. got Walking Dead because we had uh, Michael have his Negan moment when he takes out Tommy. So it's like, we got Leatherface, Jason, Negan. It was just like, okay, so we're getting different, um, different villains but it's like, we're here to see Michael Myers. Yeah, and he barely shows up. That's, okay. I guess we're, we've been at this for a little bit over an hour. Yeah. So do you want to give give us like some thoughts you have and then we'll hit the wrap up. But what do you what do you feel about this movie overall? I feel some things could have been changed to it. Um, I'm interested to see when the DVD comes out what the deleted scenes are like. Mm-hmm. Because the deleted scenes in 2018 kind of alter the story of what's being told in Halloween Kills. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to see the route that we could have possibly gone. Um, I'm very worried about Halloween ends, but a, a lot of people are. They're in the same boat, kind of seeing what's going to happen. And with the reaction to this film, financially successful, but people yeah. are very divided on it. You yeah. think we might get a rewrite of Halloween ends before it shows? Most likely. I mean, if they're going to shoot in January, there's plenty of time between now and January to rewrite it. Well, I guess do do another Passover on the script and really tighten it up. And then um, hearing that Blumhouse wants to continue with Michael movies, are we getting a reboot where we're, you know, going back to 78 and we're just going with different characters? Are we bringing Michael to modern day where he is brand new and he's attacking people of this age? The, the future of the franchise is definitely a lot murkier yeah. in terms of quality than previously thought. Yeah. So it's it's interesting to see what the future is going to be like for the Halloween franchise. Yeah. I mean, for me, I'd rate this movie 7 out of 10. Really? Yeah. That high? I, that high. Um, I, I enjoyed it. You're still in the camp of problems, but you liked it? Problems, but I liked it. Michael is also my favorite slasher, so it's... I'm a little biased towards it because he has always been my favorite. He will always be my favorite. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the more that I've watched it, the more I enjoy it. It's, you know, I'm starting to look past some of the, the mob scenes and stuff, and it's, I'm just enjo- enjoying the movie for what it is. Okay. You, you've already you've already hit that point where you've kind of accepted the, the flaw of the films? Yeah, because, I mean, it's like any, any film. There's going to be a flaw. There's going to be something where it's like, was that really necessary to have in the movie? But it's like, at the end of the day... It's a slasher movie. We got some incredible kills in this movie. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. They're like the effects in this were really well done. You can tell that they got a higher budget and they are utilizing it. I, I mean, we get we get the funny kill with um, Vanessa who shoots herself in the head with Michael kicking the door, basically pulling an Indiana Jones on her. Just yeah, you know, boom, you're dead, gone. Yeah, I like the kills in this did feel a lot you know better you know you can tell that they put a lot more like work into this yeah. mostly because they can show it on screen yeah but the thing is i guess with me for my final thoughts on this 
I'm kind of on the reverse side of of your idea where it's mm-hmm. like I liked it, but it's got problems. Yeah. And you gave it a seven. I'd probably give this closer to like a five. Mm-hmm. Like average. Like it's an average kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's not gonna make you angry. It's not. It, I can't imagine this is gonna be somebody's favorite Halloween film. I'll go out with that. Like even even Halloween four, even though it's full slasher at that point, has has its admirers. It's one yeah. of the better movies. But I don't know. I at five. I don't know. I def- I just feel like this is kind of a okay, not great kind of movie. You'll enjoy it if you just take some popcorn. But I don't know. I five generously a six. I okay. can't give it like a seven to be yeah. honest. And that's how everyone that feels this movie is. You're entitled to your own opinion. I mean, I've seen someone that said that they preferred Halloween Kills over seventy eight, and I was just like, no. that's that's I was a like, no, that's no. a hot take. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like, in the grand scheme of the 78 is on well, the throne. Well, yeah. I mean, the original Halloween, John Carpenter's yeah. Halloween, it's it's a masterpiece. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's really tamed by today's standards, but it's like what it did for the genre, like what it's doing. It knows how to set up a scare. The yeah. comp- the shot compositions in it are great. And it's, it's really a testament to his skills as a director because Halloween 78 is probably the most important slasher film. Absolutely. It's in the top three, four, easily. Mm-hmm. And it's not even John Carpenter's best film, which is crazy. Like, that guy needs more love. Please. He does. But, but, I mean, to, to kick it back to when we were there for the signings at the, the Sugar Mint Gallery. Yeah. Even the actors in the movie were surprised by how big the fandom is for Halloween. It's like, if yeah. people were willing to stand out there till three in the morning to meet these people, that's a testament to how... This one movie in 78 where he was just like, let's see where it takes us. It's still, it's massive. Oh, yeah. And I think the the fandom is still going to be massive for this. Halloween fans are, again, like I uh, had an analogy not too long ago. They're like the They're like the guy that goes to the buffet and just can't walk away, even though, like, that shrimp's been sitting a little too long. Like, that avocado's kind of browning up. They're going to keep going back, even if it gets worse and worse. Like you? Yeah, like me. You, you can't say no to a buffet. I cannot say no to a buffet. And I'm going to see Halloween ends, obviously. I'm already invested. Absolutely. But, yeah, I guess grand scheme of things, you're at a 7 on this. I'm at a pretty generous 6. Mm-hmm. 5 if I being a little bit closer to my And for run. me, I, I bump it to 8 to, you know... Just salt me out. Just to salt you out, yeah. 8, eight if you're really into Halloween, right? Okay, 8. I'm really into Halloween. That's what I thought. But yeah, everybody, um, any any final words before we close out? The song that Lil John's listening to, it's Halloween, Stop, Look, and Listen. That's a banger of a song. <laughs> of course you would know the Halloween songs that are bangers. I, I had to find it because I was just like, this is awesome. Why have I never heard it? It was like, I need this in my life. So it's called It's Halloween, Stop, Look, and Listen by Pete Antel. Awesome song. All right. Well, everybody, I guess that'll bring us to a close here at the Film Club this week. Boo, where can they find us? Well, if you want to listen to us on a different platform than you currently are, you can find us on Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and we're also on YouTube. All right. Well, if you want to find anything else on YouTube, you can go to our YouTube channel In The Frame, and there you can find this podcast, the Film Club podcast, as well as the Film Odyssey podcast and the Tube Skier for TV podcast. And if you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at the Film Club Podcast. And before we finish this episode, we're kicking off a new month. We are. We're finally getting out of horror movies. It is. After three long months, we're, you know, going to jump onto something new. So, Dean, why don't you tell people what we're doing next month? Well, speaking of jumping onto something new, next month we're going to be starting November. That's right for the entire month of November. We're not going to be picking some of our favorites, some of our cult classics, some of our nostalgia picks. We're doing something totally different on the podcast. We're going to be watching films we have never seen before. Oh, man. Are you excited? A little bit, a little bit. My picks are kind of weird, but they're definitely blind spots that I really like to fill in. Yeah, so are mine. Um, Maybe they're favorites of yours. Maybe they'll become favorites of ours. But if you want to know what we're watching next week, we'll be watching Giant starring James Dean. And, uh, yeah. My favorite, James Dean. But with that, 
See you next week. Peace. God damn it, she did it again. <laughs>